0: All right. Good
1: morning. How's everyone doing today? What's that? We're fine. We're We're here, so we're gonna have some fun this morning. Um, So normally we at this time we would do communion, but I'm gonna save that for the end because I think uh, it'll tie in nicely to the message that we've got prepared for you today. So uh, we'll we'll plan on doing that at the end. Just but hang on to those cups. If you don't have the communion cups or the wafer, please lift up your hand right now, real quick, just so. Uh, we can get them um, passed out so that when it is time for that, uh, we won't need to do that again. So, thank you. Thanks, Paul. So, I don't know about you, but uh, you probably weren't uh, expecting me up here uh, this week. And, uh, surprise, neither was I. So, here we are. Um, but we're going to have a good time Uh we're getting, we need to be lifting up our our pastor and his wife uh they're under the weather this morning and they've been under the weather for this weekend and earlier this week Linda came down so we just need to be praying for them and, and just really everyone that's been um just going through a lot there's been a it's uh there's been a lot going on in our church um there's been a lot that I'm aware of and I'm sure there's a lot that I'm not aware of and uh we just need to be lifting each other up um especially as we uh get into God's Word this morning, and uh, finish off Job. We are going to be uh, closing uh, the book of Job today. So um, please join me in prayer as we uh, prepare to enter into the presence of God and uh, sit at His feet to learn from Him. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this opportunity, for this time to um, be able to gather together as believers, as a family, uh, to come into um, this house of worship, and just uh, to seek you. Uh, That's what we're here for, is to seek you, to learn more about you. And Father, I pray that our desire is uh, this morning that we would be here to want to know you. Not just to know about you, but to know you. We seek you today, Father. Please fill us with your spirit this morning. Help us to understand um, your word today. And uh, Father, I just lift up um, everyone uh, in our family this morning that's uh, just going through the ringer. Um, there's, whether it's physically or emotionally or just, or loss, uh, it's just, there's been a lot going on as we, even as we've been going through Job, and I just, um, I just pray that you would just wrap your arms around each one here this morning, just comfort us, help us to know that you are near, and uh, Father, we pray that you'd be glorified this morning and you'd be glorified in this message. Father, fill me with Yourself, empty me of me. And uh, Father, I just uh, that, that song that we just sang, that is the perfect lead-in song to prepare our hearts and to prepare us for today. That We just need to abide. Father, help me to abide this morning as, I, uh, as I've been asked to bring Your Word this morning. And uh, just be with the people here and help us to have ears to hear. In Your name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, so uh, as I've already kind of mentioned, we are going to be uh, finishing off Job. We're going to be concluding this wonderful journey that I, I think we've had. And it's a kind of an interesting way to put it, I think. Right, a, a wonderful journey through Job. Uh, not everybody says that <laughs> when they look at Job. They're like, "Why? Why? Why? Why in the world am I reading this? Why? Why is this here? You know, this is, this is not this. There's not a lot of fun in, in this book." Um, just putting putting it bluntly, um, and uh, I'll just as I was growing up, uh, I have I was blessed by uh, having being born into a family that we went to we went every Sunday we went to church that was our thing, and um, but I will tell you as I was a kid growing up, uh, Job just was not the book I wanted to get into. It was just wasn't for me, <laughs> and uh, I didn't really understand. Um, what it meant to suffer or what it meant to go through trials and and to be tested and uh um I'll tell you what though um it is an excellent book and uh there are going to be times when we go through things and um God's going to uh, allow us to go through things as we're ready for them if that makes sense and sometimes we may not be ready but God knows we're ready and uh it's just it's it's incredible to me that uh we are we really are blessed with the book of Job, if you think about it. We really are blessed. Um, I think many times we see Job, at least early on, he's, he's asking, you know, why, why in the world would this happen? What's going on? And we ask that a lot with things going on. Why? Why? And in, in, within the book itself, Job doesn't really get an answer.
0: But I think what we're going to see today, and the way we
1: conclude this today, We're going to get a glimpse at the purpose for why this happened to Job. Not necessarily the answer to why, but just God's purpose in this. And God's purpose in in giving us the book of Job. I say we're blessed by the book of Job because if we didn't have Job, we would never see an interaction like this with God and another person dealing dealing with uh, what, what Job is dealing with here. We are blessed with this opportunity to see how God... Directly interacts with a person, with a man, we're just so I, to me I'm, we're just so blessed by that to be able to learn
0: from that so that we can know how to cry and how to receive God
1: when he shows up. Um, so today we're going to finish off uh, job in job chapter 42 so if you don't have it open already, I encourage you to open it up to the last chapter in job. We've made it there, Uh, chapter forty-two, and uh, I would encourage you. uh, I'm going to read this this morning, forty-two verses seven through seventeen. I'd encourage you just to stand with me uh, for the reading of God's word, out of respect and in honor of uh, of God and what He's given us. And uh, I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to ask you to read it with me, um, but I'll read it with uh, read it here this morning. The Bible says here. Uh, chapter 42 starting with verse 7 After the Lord had spoken these words to Job the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite My anger burns against you and against your two friends for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has Now therefore take 7 bowls and 7 rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves and my servant Job shall pray for you for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shunite and Zophar the Namathite went and did what the Lord had told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and his sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He had also seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first daughter Jemima, Jemima and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karenhapach. And in all the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived one hundred forty years, and saw his sons and his sons' sons four generations. And Job died. An old man and full of days. That is the word of the Lord. You may have a seat.
0: So I don't know about you, but uh,
1: the last section here that uh, we've, we've just read really is, in my mind, kind of a kind of a quick ending to a very long, drawn out, raw, emotional, spiritual struggle. Um, It's almost as if the author says,
0: and Job lived happily
1: ever after. The end. Right? But we're going to take the opportunity today to dig just a little bit beneath the surface here, and we're going to see just how deep this is. There are some things that God says here that's just, in my mind, very powerful, very exciting, um, and it's a good reminder for us as believers. Um, So we're going to dig in here a little bit. Uh, But in order to help us do that, I actually want to uh, turn to a passage in the New Testament, uh, in the book of James. And uh, you're welcome to turn there with me if you want. Um, I don't think I have the actual... No, we do have the actual text. Thank you, Thank you Amber. Um, we're going to read verse uh, 11, um, and then later uh, we'll return back to James 5. So, James 5, 11. James here gives a good summary of the book of Job. And we're going to use this to look at the last... This last section that we just read in chapter, in chapter forty-two, verses seven through seventeen. So James five verse eleven says, "Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. How the Lord is compassionate and merciful." And I just think that verse really—it takes one verse to sum up forty-two chapters. Um, in Job. But in reality, that's what this verse does. It does give us kind of a su- nice summary. And so I'm going to use it today to help us summarize what we've studied the last several weeks and then also um, give us a conclusion uh, today. And really, not just a conclusion, but
0: I'd like to offer closure. So the first part of James chapter
1: 5, verse 11 says, You have heard of the steadfastness of Job. Now uh, that phrase, that word, steadfastness—it's not a passive term. Perseverance could be another way to put it.
0: The perseverance of Job—it's not a passive term. It's a very active term, a very involved term. And as we saw throughout the whole book of Job, uh, Job wasn't passive.
1: And so we're going to uh, talk about a little bit of the, how Job persevered and the things he persevered through. So uh, to start, just as a reminder, and again, we've already touched on this the last several weeks, but I just want to use this just to kind of bring it back to the surface a little bit. And In some cases, we've already put the Band-Aid on. We've already kind of laid it out. I'm going to bring it back so that we can bring closure in the end here. Job's, uh, so what I want to do is bring up first, we see Job's perseverance in warfare. We see Job's perseverance in warfare. As we saw at the very beginning of Job, Job uh, chapters 1 and 2, there's a battle going on, right? There's a battle going on. And and as we learn in Ephesians chapter 6 when we study the armor of God and, and things like that, we learn that the battle isn't between flesh and blood, right? It's not man to man. The battle is spiritual warfare. It's spiritual. And the battle that's going on in this case is that the Lord has been challenged by Satan. Remember in the very beginning where they're called the angelic host together and there was an assembly of the angelic host in heaven and God's there the, on the throne. And Satan's, you know, wandering around in the mix. And God looks at Satan and says, Satan, where have you been? Right? Remember this? And Satan says, well, I've been, you know, wandering around to and fro on the earth. And God knows what Satan's been doing on the earth. And so he says, have you considered Job? And, and Satan says, what? Are you, yeah, of course, Job would definitely turn away from you if he just had everything wiped away. And God said, fine, give it a try. See what happens.
0: So Satan challenged God. The battle is there. And Job wasn't on the battlefield. Job was the battlefield. Did you get that? Job was the battlefield. And that's kind of hard to hear as believers. Let me tell you something that's true and that we see throughout Job here. We are the battlefield believers are the battlefield. Job is thrust into suffering. Why? The only reason why he's thrust into suffering is because he's a believer.
1: Job challenged God, or uh, Satan challenged God because Job was such a strong believer. And do not turn me off right now when you're hearing this, that believers will be challenged and that believers will go through suffering. Don't turn me off yet because I'm going to tell you it is totally worth it. And we're going to see that at the very end here.
0: The very end of the end. We're going to see it. Okay, so hang on. But he's thrust into suffering because he's a believer.
1: Let me remind you of a passage um, in Luke where Jesus, right before he goes to be crucified, right before he's arrested, he has a conversation with Peter. And he says, in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 32, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might
0: sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Now, did you catch what Jesus didn't say? He didn't say, I prayed to not have Satan sift you like wheat. I've prayed that your faith would not fail. Peter reminds us in
1: 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Do not be surprised. So, really, what we get out of this and what we see in Job's perseverance and how we can apply it to our lives is that one inescapable element
0: of the Christian life is warfare. And some of us may experience that physically. Some of us may experience that emotionally. For some of us, it may be spiritual. But it's inevitable. For a believer, there's a battle going on. And it's a battle to keep you from talking to other people so that they would be believers. That's part of the challenge. Satan wants to keep us down. And he wins by holding us down. But Job persevered.
1: And it's interesting. And I want to show you just how awesome it is. And and just see how God responds to Job's perseverance. He says...
0: Sorry, I lost my place. He says in verse 8...
1: Uh, Eliphaz, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. He said that what Job said was right. And remember back uh, early on throughout uh, the book of Job, it's kind of surprising that he would say that because Job actually said
0: some pretty terrible things about God. But God says that he's right. Now, I'm not saying that he's right about the terrible things that he said, but I think what we're going to see is that the reason why Job is right is because of his attitude and how he persevered. So we see Job's perseverance in waiting.
1: We see Job's perseverance in waiting. The difference here is that Job has an attitude or a heart and a desire that longs after God in the midst of the suffering. Instead of turning away from God and cursing him like his wife encouraged him to do, what does he do? He cries out to God and he says, Where are you? In chapter 23, verse 3, Job says, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Job has a longing to be with God,
0: to see God. Partially because he's hoping that by seeing him and by being with him, he's going to understand why in the world all this is happening. Based on what we read throughout the book of Job, his attitude and his heart longs for God. And I think that's why God says that what Job said was right.
1: His friends, on the other hand, which I don't know if you call them friends, but his friends, their view of God was pretty much just a system. You could call it a system of theology. They knew, you know, if this happens, then this, you know,
0: it's just a formula.
1: Now, I'm not saying that systematic theology is a bad thing. I'm not saying that uh, using a system to understand the Bible and things like that is a bad thing. But there is way, way more than just a system or a, 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 a page or a list of rights and wrongs and things like that.
0: What Job wanted was a relationship. That's
1: ultimately what it came down to. He didn't want to just have mere knowledge of God. He wanted to know God. And so he cried out, "Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat." How often do we have this desire? Especially in a time of suffering or a time of struggle. How often do we rather how often do we turn to God? in the middle of that. I would say, more often than not, for some believers, that probably is the case because we know that's where our comfort is. We know that God is where our comfort is. But it should be that way every
0: time. We should turn to God. Our response should be like Job's, who God said was right, was in the right, Our response should be to turn to God
1: and to long for him. And so another thing that we ought to expect for the normal Christian life, in addition to warfare, in addition to that we will experience warfare, is that the Christian life
0: in this present life will be full of unresolved waiting and yearning for God. That's important because it will be resolved. Just it won't be in this life. And that's what we're going to talk about next. It will be resolved. The title of this message is Job's Restoration. Job is restored. We saw that, right?
1: We, we, that's why we were kind of joking about that, and he lives happily ever after. Job is restored. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But I just wanted to get a point, get those two points out here that through Job's perseverance, we see him persevere through warfare and in his waiting, and as he's crying out to God. And
0: he is so blessed to have God approach him. I mean, think about that. That God would
1: have enough love to come down. He didn't have to. God could have just said, You don't know what's going on. I mean, just. No,
0: he came down and talked to him. Do you think about how cool that is? He actually took the time to come down to Job's level. As we're going to see, he reminded Job of what Job's level really was. But there is compassion and
1: mercy in that response. And that is something that I think we as humans have a hard time wrestling with.
0: Did you notice that in James chapter 5, the last part of that verse 11, says that, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. In reference, again,
1: James is referring to Job. And he says, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate
0: and merciful. What? What?
1: Yes, that means what James is saying there is that what we see in Job and the lesson that we learn is that God is compassionate and merciful.
0: And one of the ways that we truly get to see that and experience that
1: Is through suffering.
0: The Lord is compassionate and merciful, and it's not just through suffering, but it's in our response to the suffering.
1: So remember, Job came to God. He longed for God, right? He was he had a desire to be with Him and to have a relationship with Him, not just the the knowledge. I mean, we even saw uh, Greg mentioned this last week at the first part of uh, chapter forty two. Verses one through six. I'm actually going to kick down to uh, verses five and six. Job says, uh, "I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you." In other words, I had heard. I had heard about you. I kind of knew about you, but now I know you. I have seen you. I have. I have heard from you. I've heard directly from you. I know who you are. I've seen you.
0: Now my eye sees you.
1: That's our final reminder, throughout, even though we've seen it throughout all of Job, that God just came to Job. He came down and leveled with him.
0: Now, um, there are three different ways
1: that uh, God shows us his compassion and mercy through suffering and even through our response to that. Again, the response needs to be turning to God in order for us to receive this.
0: We see God's compassion and mercy in humbling believers. In humbling believers. Okay. Um, really? Are you Are you serious? Um, let's read.
1: Uh, let's see. So we go back to chapter forty-two, verses one through six. This is how Job answered the Lord. Which, again. It's just amazing that Job had enough boldness to answer God after God had said all the things that he had said in chapter 41 here. But chapter 42 says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear but now my eye sees you therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes
0: Do you remember when Job kind of made it made it seem like he knew what was better than God <clears throat> early on he made he made some comments that made it sound like I could do this better than you God It's kind of what Greg talked about last week. And how often do we find ourselves in that situation? The world definitely does. The world is constantly placing itself above God,
1: saying that I could do this better. I know what's defining morality. The world constantly does this. So to hear that God's compassion and
0: mercy is shown by humbling us? What kind of a God is that? Whoa. Did you hear what I just said? What kind of a God is that? How dare we? He brought Job to
1: a point of fully understanding who God is and where God really sits. Now that's hard to swallow sometimes. That's hard to swallow. But in the same time, he could have just wiped Job off the
0: face of the earth and he would have been completely just and right in doing it. But he showed Job where he was on the totem pole. And Job knew that he was done questioning. <laughs> it's just like, okay, got it. I, I, I'm shutting up.
1: Many times, um, we will. I say this lightly because, again, it's it's, it's 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 it is difficult. But again, this is this is God's compassion and mercy
0: is to is to show us who He truly is. Is to show us who He truly is we often pray
1: for success and success could be any number of different things right it could be in health it could be financially it could be at work could, whatever the case is we often pray for success and i'm not saying that we shouldn't but just listen to this for a second this like actually came out of the the commentary that greg helped me uh provided for me to prepare for this the commentary mentions that we often pray for success, for us and for others, but so often, success leads to pride. And then pride leads to self-confidence. And then self-confidence leads to independence. And not just independence, but independence from God. Now,
0: where does independence from God lead us to hell. The most deeply compassionate
1: and merciful thing God can do is to humble us and to bring us so low that we bow before him and lean on him and trust him. This is the first mark of... The compassion of God is that he loves us enough to humble, to humble us as he humbled Job.
0: But the next part is my favorite part. Because he doesn't just
1: stop there in humbling us. God's compassion and mercy is shown in justifying us, in justifying
0: believers. I'm going to reread verses
1: 7 through 9 in chapter 42. The Bible says, After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Timonite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant job has in this case did you did you catch how many times i said my servant job, job uh, god is justifying job to these to his friends god could have said this is
0: my guy job is my guy how cool is it to have god Stand in front of a crowd and say, this is my guy, this is my girl. He justifies us. By being justified in
1: the eyes of God, it means that in his eyes we are considered righteous, vindicated, and in right relation with him.
0: Right relation with the Lord, with our King. We see God's compassion and mercy in justifying us. And then finally, we see God's compassion and mercy
1: in blessing believers. In blessing believers. Now, We just read uh, verses ten through seventeen, and we saw how the Lord restored the fortunes of Job in his lifetime. Don't you dare walk away here thinking that I am telling you that your the fortunes will be restored in this life. That's not the point of this. Um, In fact, it doesn't say here in Job that uh, anyone is promised to have the same type of uh, on earth restoration. Some of us might get to experience that, but that's not what I'm suggesting here. You will understand what I'm suggesting here when I'm done, uh, Lord willing. I'm praying that he helps me
0: make it clear to you. But what we see here in God's compassion and mercy in blessing believers is that
1: there will be. I, I shouldn't say what I should say is. We're not promised to have the fortunes returned to us if we lose something in this life. We're not promised to have those things returned to us. But there is a promise.
0: And this is the promise. If you're a believer and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you will have eternal life with Him in heaven. That is the promise. And this passage here is a foreshadowing to that. I truly believe that.
1: And let me explain. First off, before I get into getting to that point and getting into how this is in a, basically a, a reference to heaven and to a life on the new heavens and the new earth, I want us
0: to see something First. Did you
1: notice that throughout all of Job, and as we saw here in the end here in chapter 42, we need to note that God first restored Job to
0: relationship. God first restored Job to relationship, and then he blessed him.
1: Remember how Job cried out, My eyes now see you, in chapter 42, verse 5, before he was blessed. Job
0: had no idea that he was going to be blessed. Instead, he came to worship God for being God. He came to worship God for God and not for anything else.
1: This is important because Job proves that he's a true believer, a real believer, because he bows down to God in a time of pain, in a time of loss. And it's not that God blesses him, and then Job worships him, right? We didn't We saw that as well. Job worships, worships him first, and not just first, but just worships him. He didn't even know there was another thing coming.
0: He worships because God is God, and then in the end, he is blessed. And
1: when he worships, he has no proof or certainty that he will be blessed. We must also note. And I want to make it very clear. We must also note that the blessing is not a reward for worship.
0: The fact that Job was blessed
1: points to grace. I want to explain to you, look at this, uh, the numbers here. uh, In verse 12 here it says, The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. That's double what he had before. Now, back in Job 1, we find out that Job's already a really wealthy guy. Or he was, right? He had had all kinds of animals. And now God just just pours on, lavishes Job
0: with double what he had before. Job didn't deserve that. He didn't do anything to deserve that. But God just gives it to him. Just pours it out on him. Like I said, Job
1: doesn't deserve it. So it's not a reward. Because what did God say in Job 41 verse 11? If we think that we deserve something, if we think that we deserve some sort of reward, or that we deserve grace,
0: oh, if we think that we deserve that, implies that God owes us something.
1: If we think that we deserve it, if there's some sort of reward, that we, that, that God would owe us something. Well, what do you say in Job chapter 41 verse 11? Who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever
0: is under the whole heaven is mine. But yet he gives all of these things to Job more than Job ever needed. He had the the most
1: beautiful daughters in the land. Nobody could look at them and say that they weren't because that was impossible, according to this. In all the land, there was no women more beautiful as Job's daughters. And Job lived 140 years after this. 140 years after all this happened. And he got to see four generations of his family. And then at the end, Job died, an old man.
0: An old man and full of days. God just gave him more than he needed. More than anything. The blessing happens at the end. I want to go back to James chapter 5. I can. There, I took my sticky note out. That was smart. And before we
1: get to verse 11, James starts this paragraph here uh, in verse 7. I want to go back to verse 7, then we'll get back to verse 11. James says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until when? Until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And then again we see in verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. What does James tell us to wait for? The coming of the
0: day of the Lord. On that day, we have a promise. And that promise for believers is that We will experience a party like no other party. There will be food like you haven't seen before. There will be life like you've never had it before. Because that's the day that we're going to come out of the grave. The day of the Lord is the day when the new heavens and the new earth begin. And there's not going to be any more death. There's not going to be any more crying. And it's just going to be God and us, the church. And we're going to be partying like there's no tomorrow. Because guess what? There's no tomorrow. And that is the
1: blessing that we don't deserve. It's going to be more than we could ever imagine. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. How long has, uh, I, don't, I honestly don't know the answer to this, but just think about it. How long has Joni Erickson Todd been alive? 70-something years. And how long has she been with her condition, in her condition? For those of you who don't know, you think she's a paraplegic, right? She's Since she was 18. So 60-some-odd years, almost 60 years, doing math in public. It's never never smart.
0: (laughs) Even as an engineer, it's not a smart thing to do. Um, How long is she going to live in heaven? (laughs) Like a bajillion times more than 60 years, and then some. It's hard to remind ourselves of that every day because that. But honestly, that's the perspective that we need to have, and it's hard because it feels like for some. It just feels like it's so long to know that
1: uh, when Peter talks about. Uh, I think it's in Second Peter, when Peter talks about how when the coming of the day of the Lord comes and, and that begins the, the, uh, the finale, really, and the life in heaven and everything like that, there are going to be people that go, whoa, 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 you came too fast, go away. Like, here we are, we're, you know, we're, we're upset because we have to wait so long for that. But then when it, the time finally does come, it's like, whoa, that was fast.
0: That's how it's going to feel like. So,
1: we're going to end the study today, and I just want us to remember that as we consider this, and as we remember what we've studied in Job, we ought to expect, what we ought to expect of the normal Christian life is that, um, it's what we see foreshadowed in Job. It's what is now fulfilled in the sufferings, the faith, The life and the death, the resurrection, the ascension, and the heavenly reign of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: We we must expect to suffer with Christ if we will ultimately reign with him. And by his grace, we will. But just think about that. Job is kind of a foreshadowing. Actually, he is a foreshadowing of us, for us, of Christ. Jesus suffered. And and dare us if we try to think that we're suffering more than he You know, the devil put an onslaught to try to kill Christ from day one. I mean, Herod put out a decree that all the babies were to be killed, and babies were killed. He was consistently put in, in positions to where he was challenged. Satan tried to bring take everything he could to him. But God, through it all, was in control until when? Until Jesus said, my hour has come. He was in complete control. And his suffering really came to a, a head when he went to the cross.
1: There was a phrase that he used on the cross that I, every time I, I think about it and I read it, it still just amazes me. Is that he said, my God, my God, why have you
0: forsaken me? Now, as believers, I have a promise for you, and that promise is, God will never forsake you. But that had to be done on the cross.
1: My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was because Jesus was bearing the sin of all of us and took on the penalty that we deserve. Paul teaches us in Romans that the wages of sin is death,
0: right? Well, Christ never sinned, yet he died. He went to the cross for us so that through God's compassion and mercy He could bless us.
1: So I'm not promising you today that the blessing or restoration will come today. But for believers, restoration will come.
0: And it'll be with Jesus. and we will have a party. Um
1: at this time we're going to prepare for communion. And uh I just as as we're thinking about Job and as we bring this book
0: to a close. It's important for us that to, to know and understand that God knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to be put through tests to be attacked by Satan to be physically, emotionally, and spiritually attacked
1: but he he didn't have to come to us like Job. A God didn't have to go to talk to Job to approach him but he did and he came so that we could have a relationship with him and so that we could know him not just to know about him but to know him if we were just to know about God he didn't have to come he could have just sent a book and said here you go
0: but he came he came directly to us and he took on flesh And then that flesh was broken. And that's why we celebrate and partake in communion. Jesus asked us,
1: not just asked us, commanded us to remember what he did. And by doing that, we take the bread, which is the wafer that's in the top of your juice cup there. And he took the bread and he broke it and he said, take this and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then later on he took the juice, the wine that they had at the time, and said, drink, this is a symbol of my blood that is poured out for you. I paraphrase that, but it's a symbol of of course, but he's basically referring to, this is my blood that's been poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray, Dear Heavenly Father. Just thank you uh, for this time to be able to spend in Your Word and just to to, to study Job. I thank you for Greg, who has um, done such a phenomenal job of taking us uh, through this study. Ultimately, Father, we know that it's You that's teaching us, and uh, we just uh, thank You for the opportunity that You give us to read through Job and to be blessed uh, to be blessed by it. I mean, now Job can see for the years and years and years that he's been with you, he can see just how much we've learned from his suffering over the course of those many years.
0: I just thank you. It sounds odd to say thank you, but I thank you for what you've done with Job and what you did with Job for us to be able to see it and to learn from it. And Father, more importantly, we thank you for your Son and what you did for us on the cross so
1: that we can experienced the blessing and the inheritance that you've promised to believers. Just thank you for that opportunity. We look forward to that
0: day when you return. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.